In 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, we will begin uh, with uh, verse 6. I will not try to uh, elaborate extensively on these first few verses for the sake of time. But in verse 6, it says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So he said, in a time of great trial, many temptations, manifold or many different types of temptations or tests or trials. He said, in this season of trial, it would be a trial of your faith. And he said, it's more precious, more precious than that of gold that perishes. So the trying of your faith. So in a time of pressure is actually a time of trying your faith or testing your faith. So he said, in that time, though it be tried with fire, it would be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, in the setting of this ninth verse, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, I'm going to focus on this phrase, the end of your faith. Now, what is the end of your faith? In other words, when you're in a time of test, when there's fiery trials, there's all types of pressure on your life, when you're in that place, you got to see beyond what's going on around you. You got to see beyond uh, what uh, you are experiencing. In other words, if you're in the uh, fiery furnace like uh, uh, the Hebrew boys, three Hebrew children, or uh, actually young men, uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, what their fiery trial was, of course, they're in a fiery furnace. It's heated up seven times hotter than uh, normal. Kill the people, burn to consume the people that actually threw them in there. But God brought them out. Remember the king said, uh, didn't we just throw three men in? But there's, there's a fourth man. There's someone else in there. And one likened to the Son of God. In other words, when you're in the fire, God's in the fire with you. Hallelujah. Or if you're a, a Daniel in the lion's den for your faith, and in, in both uh, cases, uh, the Hebrew boys, they were in there because of their faith in God. And Daniel, thrown in the lion's den because of his faith in God. Uh, but... The lions didn't eat him. But when others were thrown in there, they consumed them. In other words, God was in the lion's den with Daniel. Or if you are uh, in the wilderness, but uh, God's plan is for you to get through the wilderness to the promised land. 
And God was with the children of Israel. And those that didn't whine and complain went on in to the promised land. In other words, when you're in that fiery trial or when you're in that testing place, you want to see beyond where you're at right now. Or when you are in the boat with Jesus. Now, Jesus had said, go to the other side. Jesus was in the boat, right? In every case of tests and temptations and trials, God is with us. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. And so Jesus had said, go to the, let's go to the other side. But now the storm arose, and they're all fearful and concerned about uh, making it. They think that they're going to die out there in the lake. So in every situation, Jesus is in your boat or God's with you and God will never leave you nor forsake you, even though sometimes people think, well, if you're, if you're having a trial, then you, know, you must have did something wrong. Well, according to uh, that philosophy, the Apostle Paul was a chief of, a chiefest of sinners for sure because he had a lot of uh, trouble, had a lot of challenge in his life. Uh, you know, people wanted to kill him. And so he was constantly uh, having challenges that were beyond what most people uh, would ever have lived through. And so uh, in, in life, you are going to have tribulation. And uh, Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. Not a precious promise. But it is a reality. So he said, you're going to have tribulation. In this world, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of it, them all. In other words, you may uh, be in the test, or you might be in the trial, and it may be a fiery trial, and it may be a very difficult place for you to be in, but God is with you, and he will not leave you or forsake you, so that you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So in other words, I'm getting through this test. I'm going to get to the other side of the lake, or I'm going to get through the the wilderness, right? I'm going to get to the promised land or I'm going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to die in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to get through it and I'm going to get to the other side of it. Praise God. And so whatever test you're facing in life, when you're in the middle of it, you got to see beyond your present. And you got to believe beyond what you feel and what you see and what you're experiencing and what's happening in your life. you got to believe the Word of God or the promises of God in order to get through it and get to the end of your faith. Now, the end of your faith is that you actually receive the manifestation of the promise of God. Or uh, there is an arrival of the package, so to speak. In our day, you know, we have Amazon. People have Amazon Prime. You can get next day delivery in some cases. And so you get the next day delivery and, and, and then people complain if it's a few days. Well, you know, now they want to do drones. And, uh, you know, the truth is this. God thought about drones before drones existed. It, in, it ever entered the heart of the thoughts of man. God's had angel delivery agents for, for uh, ever. All right, so in other words, God has a program before man thinks of their natural program. So God is a genius. And it'll make you look smart if you listen to it. All right, so the Holy Spirit, listen, 
is a genius, and he'll make you look smart if you listen to him. So first place to listen to God is to his word. In other words, what does the word say? Dad Hagen used to say this. Dad Hagen, spiritual father to myself. He used to say it all the time. He'd say, always ask yourself, what does the word say? In other words, when you're facing difficulties, when you're facing challenges, or you're facing a fiery trial, you ask yourself, what does the word say? What is the promise of God? Well, Pastor B.B. Hankins was, uh, used that phrase as well. He was a spiritual father to myself. Both of these men are in heaven, and their wives are in heaven today. But they use that phrase because they had learned to base their lives on the Word of God. Not upon the circumstances or the setting or situation or the challenges that they were facing in life or the fiery trial that had come against them. They had learned that if you always base your faith on the promises of God, you can see beyond your present and you can see something at the end of what you believe. In other words, what is the result of the believing of the promise of God in your life? Praise God. So obviously, I'm facing a trial now with my wife's uh, situation. I was facing the trial and test of my uh, arm being broken and uh, the use of my arm. And we're still in process, but we believe that we receive the end. Hallelujah. In other words, I received full restoration. I'm seeing beyond what I see. I know what I'm experiencing. I know what I have to do naturally to take care of myself. And I know uh, what I got to do spiritually and in faith. My declaration is that I have perfect soundness in my arm. I have perfect soundness in my wrist. I have perfect soundness uh, in my hand. And I have full mobility in the name of Jesus because that's what I believe. So I'm seeing beyond and I'm saying beyond what I see or what I feel. I'm declaring what what I believe, and Jesus said, you're going to have what you say. So then when you talk about you're going to have what you say, you can't just always talk about the problem. Now, I wanted to and give you a report and let you know where we are in our progress with Pastor Vicki, and sometimes people say, well, you know, well, that's not faith. No, that is faith. Faith is not denying there is a mountain. Faith acknowledges there is a mountain. You couldn't speak to a mountain if you didn't acknowledge there was one. In other words, you've got to face the reality of the natural, and then you've got to speak to the mountain. So if you know what the mountain is and where you're at on the mountain, in other words, you're making them some movement with the mountain. Okay, we've moved this far, but we're going to move it the rest of the way. Praise God. If you've made some progress, you thank God for the progress. Now you know where you got to go from here, and you keep speaking the same thing to the mountain. Hallelujah. You're saying to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shalt not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things that you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatever you say. So faith is not denial of their uh, denial is actually a, a river in Egypt. So if you <laughs> denial, okay, so you, you're really acknowledging the mountain, but you just don't keep your focus on the mountain. In other words, you're now believing beyond the mountain. Hallelujah. You're believing to receive. You believe you have received uh, the promise of God or the end of your faith. All right, so let's go 
to the book of Mark, and I just quoted verse 23, but we're going to go to Mark chapter 11. Uh, we would say that faith is essential. Because without it, you can't please God. Hebrews 11, uh, 6 says, without faith, you cannot please God. So then, if you're going to please God, then you're going to have to have this. Uh, this is like a necessary commodity. Uh, this is an essential uh, thing to have in order for you to please God and to receive from God. All right, so what we are going to look at right now is verse 24 in Mark 11. And Mark 11, verse 24, is what we call the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. Now, the prayer of faith is uh, verse 24. Let's look at it. Now, this is Jesus talking. Everybody say Jesus. Now, if Jesus showed up in the flesh today, in other words, Jesus showed up in, in when I say in the flesh, in his glorified body, after his resurrection, you know he did eat with the disciples, right? He ate fish with them on the uh, shore of the lake. So he was in his glorified body. He was a resurrected body, and he ate fish. So if you want to know if we're going to eat in heaven yet, yeah, we're going to start with the marriage supper of the Lamb. So eating is a good thing. Just don't overdo it. And be considered about what you eat. All right, so we're going to eat in heaven. We're going to have a glorified body. We're going to eat with Jesus. And so uh, if Jesus showed up in his glorified body in this room today and just stood in front of you and said to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If Jesus came in the room and said that to you, Boy, you would be on your face probably. I mean, literally. I mean, Brother Hagen, he had a number of visions of Jesus Christ, personal visions, revelations of Jesus. Jesus shows up and reveals things to him, talks to him. Well, one of the times in Jesus, he had this vision of Jesus, and he fell down on his face and, and was bowing before Jesus, and Jesus said, Stand up. And he didn't feel worthy of looking at Jesus. But Jesus said, I've made you worthy. So in other words, he wanted him to stand up. He had, to, he had to, a message for him. He wanted to talk to him. So, so here Jesus, if Jesus came and talked to you and said to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Most people, if they had that experience, they would believe Jesus. But do you know Jesus is talking here? Everybody say Jesus is talking. It's a red letter edition. Of, uh, I have a red letter edition, so it's, it, it means that Jesus is talking. Well, Jesus is actually speaking this word. And it's, we have it recorded in the Bible. And what does he say in verse 24? Therefore I say to you. So he's talking to you. Look at your neighbor and say, just at least point at him, you know. Yeah, you. That's, that's who. He's talking to you. You know, because sometimes we don't take the Bible personal. We just kind of read the Bible like, well, that's, that's interesting. Well, we need to read the Bible like God is actually talking to you. In other words, uh, you hear us say, and we confess, and we've done it for years, 
We say it. This is my Bible. This is not rhetoric to me. This is what we believe. This is my Bible. This is what? God talking to me or speaking to me. So this is literally Jesus talking to you, and he says to you, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire. Whatever you desire. Oh, so it sounds like to me, in order to get your prayers answered, you got to have desire. So what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, what do you do? You believe that you receive them, and you shall what? Have them. Believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Well, having them is the end of your faith. In other words, this is what your faith produces. This is getting to the other side of the Red Sea. Or this is getting through the wilderness to the promised land. Or this is getting out of the lion's den. Or this is coming out, the three Hebrew boys, coming out of the fiery furnace. This is uh, uh, your life getting through whatever challenges that you're facing, whatever trial, a fiery trial, or or, uh, uh, things that are coming against your life. This is you actually getting to the end of your faith and having the manifestation of the promise of God in your life and experiencing God's promise in your experience. Are you with me? So in other words... There is a time between believing you receive and having. So how does it start? How do you start this thing? How do you get it in forward motion? If you got the challenge, you got the trial, you got the test, and you, wanna, you don't want to live there for the rest of your life, you don't want to die in the wilderness or die in the valley of the shadow of death, or you don't want to uh, go under uh, the Red Sea, or you don't want to, you understand, you don't want to die in the Red Sea, you want to get through the Red Sea. It's the Egyptians that needed to die in the sea. The enemy. All right, so uh, in your life, you don't want to be a statistic. You want to be a testimony. You want to be a testimony of the amazing grace of God that got you through the test and to the other side of your uh, adversity in your life. So here we are. How do we do that? How do we get from this adversity to the end of our faith? Well, first, you got to exercise your faith in prayer because he said, What things soever you desire, when you what? Pray. So you've got to actually pray. So the first thing I did when I got the call, my wife has been in an accident. I have no understanding of really what has gone on. They said it was a very severe accident, and uh, you can't go to the hospital. They won't let you in. So first thing I'm doing, what am I doing? I'm in my living room, and I'm taking authority over the devil, taking authority over uh, whatever he is trying to do against her life, exercising my authority, and speaking and praying and declaring what we believe. Thank you, Jesus. So you don't know, don't have all the answers, don't even know what really has happened fully, but I do know in whom I have believed. I do know the Word of God. I do know the promise of God, and I'm going to declare what I do believe, and so thank God you know who to turn to. So first, you got to pray. When you're in trouble, you're facing adversity, you're facing uh, trials, you pray, and you ask God, but you do so in faith. So he said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. All right, let's think about it. 
If you're going to pray, you're going to have to have desire. We would say desire. I mean, I don't want to overwork the word, but, you know, since it's a buzzword, we'll work with it. Essential. So desire is essential. In other words, it is necessary. You can't live without this. We'll say again, faith is essential. Uh, You just can't even please God without faith, so you need faith. And if you're going to have faith, you're going to have to hear the Word. And if you hear the Word, then it's going to produce faith, and you'll have faith. And if you have faith, then you need to exercise faith. And one way that you exercise faith is by praying. You talk to God. And you ask, all right? So you're asking God for what you need based on what? A promise, because that's where faith comes from, the promises of God. The Word of God gives you faith to say, I can believe for this because God has promised it to me. All right, so you pray based on a desire. Well, we'll talk about healing, for example, uh, since uh, that's what I'm uh, certainly faced with right now, total restoration and healing for my wife. And so, obviously, I have a desire for her to not only live, and I'm thankful she's alive, but I also want her to thrive. I want her to be strong, and I want her to be healthy, and I want her to be able to function fully, and I want her brain to function fully. So I've asked that, I prayed that, I believe that, and so I say that. Amen. So I want her left side of her body. So I prayed that. I believed that. I received that. And I thank God for it. And so I say that. I say the left side of her body is functioning fully and completely. Any damage done is reversed because she's redeemed from the curse of the law. So I'm believing that she is redeemed from the curse and the curse is removed and it is reversed. And any damage done is reversed. So she is fully functional in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And all the other things that we're saying. Praise God. So we're praying based on a promise, and we receive that promise. And so then we believe to receive the end of our faith. But desire is necessary. You cannot pray the prayer of faith without strong desire. Because if you don't have strong desire, you will be passive. You will not be assertive. You will not be uh, so so persuaded that you want this, that I'm going to get this, and I will not be denied. In other words, you've got to press in. Why? Because you have adversaries. You have the devil that wants to convince you it's not God's will or wants to convince you that you can't have it, it's not going to happen, and all kinds of circumstances speaking to you that tells you that's not going to happen, that that's impossible. No! You can't yield to that. You can't think about that. You can't focus on that. you got to believe to receive the end. In other words, you got to look beyond what you see, what you feel, and the emotions of it. you got to look beyond all the circumstances and, and what may be talking to you visually and mentally. Thank God you got to look beyond that to the promise of God and God who is faithful to his promise and faithful to his word that God will fulfill his promise. So therefore, I believe to receive the end of my faith so I'm declaring it before and I have strong desire for my wife to be strong. Well, Brother Hagen, you know, he's had a great testimony all of his, uh, pretty much all of his life in ministry and, and, and really that testimony and his faith 
uh, in God in Mark 11, 24 and 23 really is what launched him uh, into his ministry and the call of God. Go teach my people faith. And so, as a teenager, he had a deformed heart. He had incurable blood disease, and he was paralyzed. So, the doctors gave him no hope and said that he was going to die and really expected him to die very young as a teenager. And uh, his, the preachers, they pretty well gave him up to die. They didn't have any faith in God, much to believe that it would happen. And so they came to pray, but they didn't really pray anything about faith in God. Uh, they just br- pretty much were just praying. He just, a few more days, it'll all be over. You know, it's kind of let you go. Well, so that's what he had surrounding him. His family pretty much had given up because they didn't see much hope of him living. And he did die physically and went down, down, down one time. Then he... God brought him back. He died a second time, went down, down. He was going into hell. Never actually went into hell, but he saw the flames and, and a demon escorted him down. But his mother was praying. His mother was praying. So she was praying for him. He came back. Third time he died, he went. He was going to go up. In other words, he had gotten saved. Hallelujah. All right, so, but he is, uh, he was a great testimony. But how did, what, what was his testimony? He said one time they, everybody had given him up to die, you know. There was no hope for him to die. And so they were giving him a wish to kind of, you know, they took him in the ambulance. This old, uh, old little town, you know, and drove him around the town just so he could get out of the house. He's in bed constantly. So he got out of the house and he drove around the town and so he could des- describe all the little stores and who owned that store and who ran that store and so forth. Well, he said while they, they were taking him around, because everybody was giving him up to die and this is like a wish, you know, just uh, uh, giving him some, uh, some out, outdoor experience and, uh, and see something else besides just looking out of his window. So he said he gripped the palm of his hands until his, his hands bled. In other words, he didn't want to die. He wanted to live. He had a desire, strong desire to live. He said the desire in the young to, uh, is strong to live. So he had this desire to live. Well, of course, he searched the Scripture and read the Bible until he came across Mark eleven twenty three twenty four, 23, 24, and he prayed the prayer of faith, and he believed to receive, and he was raised up off that bed, and he actually had to grab the bedpost, and he took his, he took his legs. He said he threw them off the side of the bed, and they were like a, a, a chunk of wood just fell flopped down on the floor because he was paralyzed. He took both one of them and shifted it off the bed and in, a, in a weakened state. And then he shifted the other one off. He'd been in the bed over a year. And so uh, he shifted them off the bed, and they just fell off like a piece of wood. And then he grabbed the bedpost, and he pulled himself up by the bedpost. And he said while he was doing that, the anointing came on him and healed his body. And he was raised up. Miracle. A miracle. But he prayed the prayer of faith. He prayed the prayer of faith based on a desire. Now, what is a prayer of faith here? Consider. Believe what? When you pray. What does it say here? Believe when you pray. This is where people don't 
they actually, even people of faith sometimes, they, they miss this point. When you pray, what do you do? Believe that you receive them. Now look at Berkeley. It says, Berkeley translation, not the uh, college, university. It says, believe that you receive them. Believe that you have received it, and it shall be yours. Believe that you have received it. Jerusalem Bible says, believe that you have it already, and it will be yours. Williams translation says, have faith that it has been granted to you. Now listen to the language. Have faith that it has been granted to you, and you will get it. Moffat says, believe that you got it, and it, shall, and it should be, and you should have it. All right, so in other words, you believe. We'll just make it as simple as possible here. Believe you got it, and you'll get it. So having it in this verse is somewhat future, right? But believing you have it is present. In other words, at the moment that you pray, you believe that you have received it right then. So therefore now, I believe I have received it, but there's a time frame between sometimes, and most of the time, there's a time frame between when you believe that you receive it and the time that you actually have it or possess it or receive the manifestation. And what are you going to do in between? Well, you believe you have received, so you're going to do what Mark eleven twenty three tells you to do is that you are going to have what you say. If you believe in your heart, you believe in your heart, and you say it with your mouth, then he said you're going to have whatever you say. So the key to your process is that you believe that you have received, you believe that you have it already. It's not a contradiction. It's just the way faith works. He said believe that you have it already, believe that you got it, believe that you have received it, and when you do that, and you can look at all kinds of translations, and they pretty much all say it in this, in this way. Believe that you have received it. And so now you are believing that you got it before you see it. But he said, if you believe you got it, you'll get it. In other words, you're going to get to that having point. But in the interim time, in that in-between time, you hold fast to the confession of your faith and maintain your confession that this is what I believe I have received. And when you're maintaining your confession, it keeps your spirit strong, keeps your soul and your focus on the promise of God rather than getting distracted and letting the world and the circumstances and, and sometimes people's voices and things that are uh, happening around you and in your life, uh, it's, it's talking to you, but there's something else that's talking. The Word of God is talking. The Holy Spirit is talking. And then you're talking. You're agreeing with God. You're saying what God says. And while you're talking, you're keeping your spirit strong, your mind, your soul focused, your thoughts focused, that God's Word is true and the promises of God are good. And I'm declaring with my mouth what I believe in my heart. And Jesus said, if I do so, then I will have what I say. So I'm saying that Pastor Vicki is healed. I'm saying that she's strong. I'm 
saying that the left side of her body functions as God created it to function. I'm saying that her brain functions like God created it to function. Her brain is restored and any damage done is reversed and the curse is reversed. And I'm saying the word. And that's what we're going to say together. And that's what I'm encouraging you to say. But I'm telling you in your own personal life how faith works is the same. It's the same for everybody. It's not just like the pastor has to do it one way and I have to do it another way. Everybody has to obey the word and act on the word and act like the Bible is true in your life, in your own personal life, in your own personal experience, whether it's healing or provision or uh, uh, authority over fear or whatever you're dealing with in your life. If you'll take the promises of God, get them in your heart and then get them in your mouth and start declaring what God says and don't let things of this world overtake your life. Thank God you can get through any test. You'll get to the other side and you'll get to the end of your faith, the having place, the place where you actually possess the promises of God, the fulfillment of the promise of God, the promise of God manifests in your life and God has shown himself faithful. Now your test has become a testimony to the goodness and the grace of God. Look what the Lord has done. He is good. Amen. Somebody say amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word.